0: The bad news is that as we age, we lose muscle and bone mass, but there's good news. We can help prevent those losses through strength training. And those are just two of the benefits from a consistent strength training program. Our guest today is a personal trainer. He'll tell us how to start a program that's safe and effective, and also share some tips on sleep and nutrition, important components of any strength training program. Hi, I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover, and welcome to Beyond the Paper Gown. Before we get started, I want to ask you to subscribe to our podcast if you've not already done so. That way you won't miss any of our episodes. You can also sign up for our newsletter at beyondthepapergown.com, where you'll learn about our latest episodes and articles, as well as community women's health events and more. Now let's hear about how we can get stronger and more fit and have some fun at the same time. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome LA-based personal trainer, Nathan Michaels. Hi, Nathan.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. And full disclosure, you're also my personal trainer. I am really looking forward to this conversation.
1: All right. Glad to be here.
0: Terrific. So we met when um, I was at a health club that you uh, had actually just moved to Los Angeles, and uh you have a really interesting background actually because you were focused at one point on physical therapy am i right
1: uh yes so long story short um i was in the music industry after college that was my undergrad quickly figured out i did not like living on a tour bus uh, (laughs) in the industry so i came back home and had to make papa proud so i was like okay well something I can do that he'll respect. And I was like, all right, I like movement. I like helping people. Uh, so I, uh, went back to school to be a physical therapist, went all the way into good acceptance. Um, and then from there just decided that that particular setting wasn't going to be ideal for me. I wanted to help people, uh, instead of fixing them after they get broken or have something, uh, happen to them, try to make them a little more resilient or a little more resilient and, uh, make sure that They don't get broken in the first place.
0: Sure. And I bring that up because I really do uh, appreciate your perspective in terms of being, you know, very knowledgeable about anatomy. The other part that I really enjoy is that you make it a lot of fun and not very um, intimidating. And we're going to talk specifically today about strength training. So talk a little bit about what strength training is and When is a good time to start, and are you ever too old to begin?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, Thank you for the kind words, by the way. Um, (laughs) So just kind of starting off, strength training is just going to be essentially where you're uh, loading your body with an outside source. So uh, it's going to be something beyond body weight. So body weight training is absolutely amazing for a thousand reasons. Um, Strength training is just differentiated just because uh, at that point, you're moving loads from the ground, from a cable machine, um, typical implements of dumbbells and kettlebells, uh, barbells, etc. So that's what kind of strength training is, is based around. And as far as when to start, as soon as possible, that's the number one thing is that it should be something that is part of every person's life, if at all possible. Uh, where you start in that journey is going to be very, very different as far as what's appropriate, um, what you're comfortable with, your history, uh, which I'm sure we'll dig into later. Um, But yeah, short answer, everybody should be doing it. Um, And then from there, obviously combine that with whatever health activities you enjoy, whether it's walking, yoga, Pilates, et cetera, just whatever your cup of tea may be, continue with that. But the adaptations that you get from strength training, you just cannot recreate any, any other way.
0: So who is the oldest person that you started drink training?
1: Um, as far as having zero history before, I believe my uh, former client was 72. Wow, so, really? Yeah, I think, and then the oldest client I have right now is uh, an 82-year-old gentleman
0: terrific. And you know, when I came to you, I had read a book that was written by Dr. Uh, Peak who talked about just needing to be strong enough to really save your life and she gave some really dramatic Examples, and I think I shared those with you, of you know Mm -hmm. the folks that during Hurricane Katrina who had
1: to literally hold on for dear life, or which I continue to use that example for the record. Yeah, really, it's
0: impactful to you too, right?
1: (laughs) It, It really was. Yeah,
0: for me, it's not just about looking good and and feeling good. She makes again another point about not becoming frail because once you become frail, you really can't come back from that. So Mm -hmm. what are reasonable goals for someone who wants to start strength training?
1: Generally speaking, you know, you want to be able to move without pain. That's kind of a big one that I I hone in on with pretty much everybody. Um, And then from there, uh, can you move a certain percentage of your weight in the squat pattern, and a deadlift pattern? Um, Can you do a push-up? Uh, those things are all relevant. Um, and then to your your Karina, Karina example, uh, Hurricane Katrina, rather, uh, yeah, can you do a body weight pull up, which is not going to be reasonable for everybody? But at the same point, to your point, if you could pull yourself up a fire escape during a large catastrophic flood, it could save your life. Um, <laughs> but yeah generally speaking, I like people to move without pain and then and then from there, just progressively uh, getting stronger that finding that starting point is very important, but um, it also comes down to the mental uh, game in regards to do you feel strong, when you move, do you feel confident um, And so with some of my older clients, the fact that when they feel they feel more balanced going up a stair or getting out of a car, you know that's that's a big deal for them so it's just it's just kind sure. of depending on where you're starting from.
0: And you brought up balance and there's been a lot of talk lately that if you can balance for 10 seconds, you know, you're not going to die anytime mm-hmm. soon. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so that's that's a fun one. It's got the buzzwords. It's it's a good one for the magazines. Um another one that's pretty recent is uh they're finally officially starting to uh equate mortality um, based on how much lean tissue you have. So the more muscle you have and the longer you can keep that muscle throughout your life, you're probably going to live a lot longer and a much more uh, happy life as far as how you can move. Um, So muscle equating to a longer life is something that obviously I'm very attached to, along with balancing for at least 10 to 15 seconds on one leg.
0: And how do you know if you have enough lean tissue?
1: Um, I mean, it's something that you can get done with certain tests. Generally speaking, if you are strength training uh, and you have a nice little history behind you, um, you're probably gonna be a bit in a better off place. Uh, it's practically never too late to add muscle. Um, other factors need to come into play there, um, sleep, stress, uh, your nutrition, um, and some other things, but uh, I've definitely seen in my anecdotal uh, phases that even 60s, 70s, uh, even my 80 year old gentleman now, uh, that lean tissue can come on uh, later in life, and it's very important.
0: Absolutely, and I know that in my own experience, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what one can expect to see in their body when they go through a program. But I've lost a little weight, but not a lot. But I've certainly lost a lot of inches. What's happening to my body as we're working?
1: Yeah, of course. So strength training in general is scientifically proven. If you only did one thing long-term, it can actually help you lose body fat or the most body fat versus any other modality. Obviously, combining that with some other movement throughout the day, just movement in general can increase the effect but yeah, generally speaking, people may or may not see a lot of difference on the pound side if you use scales to track, but scale doesn't always matter as much when you just realize as a human you're shrinking. So that typically makes a lot of people happy. So body fat's coming down and the muscle is going up.
0: That's what happened with me. And again, I really wasn't looking to lose weight so much as that part in the middle that happens when you get older. And I think for a lot of women, especially as they reach menopause, we're told just live with it. But in fact, there are things that you can do such as strength training and building muscle. So I think that a lot of women like myself might say, you know, all this sounds great, but with all this strength training and muscles, am I going to start looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger?
1: Yeah, right? So that's a, a common common thing that's out there. So big picture, the example that I always use is, uh, if, say you're looking looking to lose 5 or 10 pounds, you're not going to lose that 5 or 10 pounds because you eat one salad. So you're not going to gain years' worth of muscles that probably had some extracurricular help in the illegal sort um, by <laughs> lifting one weight. So you do not at all have to worry about looking like Arnold.
0: Okay. So no, we're not being we're not going to be ripped.
1: Being ripped is something that's not going to happen anytime soon. But generally speaking, most people, actually, pretty much all of them, after a consistent strength training, typically like how they look versus beforehand.
0: Okay, and not to get too specific, but you know, I think, well, I'll speak for myself because I, I I think I've shared this with you, you know. As we get older, our skin gets a little bit looser, you know, under the arms and that kind of thing. Will Mm -hmm. this help?
1: Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as far as excess uh, skin and body fat, that tends to move around a little bit in unpleasing ways. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Getting stronger, adding some lean tissue, which as you add more muscle, body fat does does tend to come off a little easier as well. Um, You kind of shrink wrap the, the areas that you're worried about. Um, <laughs> and then that kind of lets the muscle that you've hopefully built come out and play, and then you look toned and all good things. So, to answer your question, yes, you can. Well,
0: I will say that I've, when I've worn sleeveless dresses, I've had some compliments, so I always uh defer to you <laughs> and give you all the I credit. I appreciate this, but <laughs> you've
1: done the work, I just happen to lead the journey.
0: <laughs> I love that so. When you get a client, uh, I would assume that you always want them to check with their doctors. And I will tell you that if a patient came to me, um, you know, other than maybe some some general cardiovascular issues and that kind of thing, uh, I'd want to know what you're specifically asking me to sign off on. So what should women um, ask their doctors about before starting an exercise regimen?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely get you know proper clearance from your uh, from your position. Um, just let them know that if it's going to be strength training, that uh, you specifically tell them that in case they have any worries about a particular joint or uh, soft tissue issues you may or may not have. Um, and then from there, obviously, let your coach or personal trainer uh, know that as well. Um, but yes, especially people coming back from surgeries. Um, or long-term chronic issues, I always make sure that, you know, I'm low on the totem pole as far as getting, uh, getting signed off on. So once you get to me, I definitely want to make sure that doc has approved your, it's okay.
0: Okay. And then how do you start off? What are some basic things that you, uh, do as someone starting their regimen?
1: Yeah. So I typically start with, three questions and I kind of build around these um, digging to the lifestyles etc but I always want to know uh, what their goals are what they want to accomplish and how I can help to do that that's you know that's what they're there for Uh, number two I want to know their training history what they've done if they've done strength training before or they are a dancer or they played sports or they've never left the couch whatever it may be I want to know (laughs) Um, and then also I want to know their history of uh obviously injuries like your what is your medical history that might be relevant to what uh we're trying to accomplish here so i kind of base around those three things and then from there we'll all dig more into their their lifestyle if they wish as far as nutrition sleep and all that fun stuff but those are my three main pillars
0: Sure. And when you talk about goals, as I said, my goal was to really have enough strength to save myself, if you will.
1: And your children. You mentioned your children. And children, my children.
0: yes. <laughs> well, now they're out. Now they're on their own, so. <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> They're at that age. It's all of you. <laughs> They're at that age. That's how long we've been working together.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: But what are some other goals that are reasonable?
1: Typically, yeah, typically people, weight loss is probably the one. Or, you know, their overall image is a big one, especially in Los Angeles, City of the (laughs) Stars. Um, Not from here originally, if you can't tell from my accent. Um, Yeah, so body appearance is going to be a big one. Um, The ability to move without pain or just move well, move better, um, is another one. Um, I do work with a few professional athletes since I moved here uh, now in the uh, beach volleyball world. So obviously for them, it's going to be performance
0: just in terms of the regimen, when we start out, we do a lot of foam rolling. And in the olden days, we were always taught to stretch first. So talk Mm -hmm. about the usefulness of stretching and also foam rolling.
1: Yeah. So I'll let you on a secret that I don't tell my clients. Um, Foam rolling is typically something that should be done uh, in a more relaxing state, typically post-workout or just on your own in front of the TV, or uh, when you wake up. Then, then I want to see them do it. We'll take the five minutes. Uh, but essentially, what we're doing is just giving the tissue some love. Um, it's kind of a self-massage, increase the blood flow to the area, kind of manipulate um, the fascia in the area uh, and the soft tissue, and just kind of just just show it some love. Um, and so that's just going to make you feel a little bit nicer as far as a little bit looser, not quite as stiff. And then stretching, yeah, the olden days of long held stretches is uh, is done. The, the, there's practically minus and if you're going to be a uh, ballet dancer or something that needs extreme flexibility. Um, there's not a benefit for it. Um, it can actually cause uh, muscle damage. Uh, It can cause uh, intense laxity in the muscle, uh, which is something you don't want in regards to uh, being stable and being strong. But with that being said, should you always stretch? Yeah. How do you do it? Dynamically. Just think moving stretches like what we do. Um, Think somebody going through some very gentle yoga flows. Um, All of that stuff is absolutely amazing.
0: If someone's going to start their own strength training, either with or without a trainer what would a regimen look like or what would a session look like?
1: Uh, Yeah, so it does not need to be complicated. Um, You can't beat the basics, can't beat the fundamentals. So some kind of squat pattern, which all that means is you're going to get something where your knees are bending a little bit extra. Uh, Hinge pattern where you're loading the back of the legs so the hips are moving. Uh, Some kind of press, some kind of push. So you're pulling something with some load, pushing something with some load. Uh, And then giving a little bit of love to your your core as well, uh, which is just a fancy word for all the muscles that help support the body and spine. Um, So basically, there's your workout, you know, squat pattern, uh, hinge pattern, push, pull. And so four or five exercises and you can have a full workout. And if you stay consistent with that, that leads to a lot of changes all by itself.
0: If you don't have a trainer, do you have any go-to resources that you would suggest so that folks can do this on their own?
1: Yeah, I mean, in this world, YouTube just has, you know, everything you need. You know, finding the sources that are going to be something that you trust can be, you know, that's that's the question, but how to do a basic squat, how to do a basic hinge, kind of using those and video yourself and be like, do I look basic like these people? Um, the pattern is my back straight. Do I feel any discomfort in my lower back? Do I feel any discomfort on my shoulders, etc. Um, cause that's kind of a big one is generally speaking, don't train through pain. It's just not worth it ever.
0: You just made the point that if you, if it hurts probably, you know, stop doing it, but should mm-hmm. you expect some discomfort at first, maybe after the fact?
1: Yes. So I will say that, I always like to differentiate pain from uh, discomfort in regards to particularly soft tissue stuff. Pain in joints is something there is just not going to be anything uh, positive there. Um, Yeah, any kind of joint pain, avoid. A little bit of discomfort as far as, oh, this is getting hard. um, That's a place you kind of want to start towing the line. In the beginning, don't push as far, but as you become more and more acclimated to What's good and what's bad as far as um, the discomforts you may be feeling, like on a long run, you know, there's some, or at least for me, I hate running. <laughs> and a little bit of soreness in the day or the two days after can be expected. But once again, soreness is not an indicator of a good workout. Consistent soreness is an indicator of under-recovering. Um, so if you're sore after every single workout, you're doing too much.
0: That's a really good point. How many times a week should you strength train, and should you be working on different muscle groups each time?
1: Yeah, so my programs typically follow a full-body um, uh, program. So we do, we work out the whole body, all the main muscle groups in one session. You can get um, positive results from just once a week, uh, 100%. I do recommend at least twice. Your results won't come twice as fast, but it will be 30% uh a faster as far as uh, getting the strength and adaptation that you want, especially if you want to actually build some lean tissue, which is what we want to do. Um, but anything beyond that just kind of is icing on the cake. If you can get three or four sessions, cool. But honestly, for the average person um, with a busy lifestyle, if you can get in twice a week, that's that's going to go a long way.
0: Let's talk about if you have the opportunity and you want to Consult a personal trainer, at least maybe for a consultation and to show you how to do some of the things that you just talked about, or if you have the luxury of uh, having someone like yourself uh, on a regular basis, where do you find someone like you and how do you know that they're the right person?
1: Um, so a lot of places, as far as your typical places, your gyms, um, training studios, Personal training studios, um, like any, any any industry, there's a lot of good, and then there's also some not so good. So a big thing I like to tell people is if you can find somebody that at least seems to know a little bit of what they're talking about, and then on top of that, they listen to you, and I mean like actually listen, um, and take what you, what take up your needs, your goals, and putting them on the forefront versus them just kind of sticking you through, um, what they think you should be doing. Um, that's kind of something that, uh, I found, uh, is lacking.
0: What I also appreciate about what you've done though, is that you go for continual training and you sought out specific classes and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do a lot of continuing education. Um, I wanted to become proficient in every piece of uh, equipment that I could ever use and find the things that use or are most valuable and variable uh, for getting people uh, what they need. It's really easy to build a routine that makes somebody tired. But getting somebody a routine that's going to get them consistent, safe results for as long as they want and kind of teaching them how the process works themselves. So at any point, if they want to continue on their own, they can. That's going to be something more valuable.
0: And you mentioned equipment. So, what kind of equipment should someone expect to be purchasing?
1: If you're lucky, your your place you have has a gym. If not, purchasing some purchasing some stuff for home uh, is going to be needed. Um, and if you can ha- find anything uh, from dumbbells to kettlebells, um, basic exercise bands, all of it can be used now. In regards to the strength training, in particular, um, you will need some some uh, implements that uh, are straight load. So the dumbbells, kettlebells, if you have space, a barbell, um, but that's not really conducive for a lot of people's uh, setups. Exercise bands are just not going to be enough, um, especially if you start getting into um, wanting to, you know, make your body a little more resilient. You know, osteoporosis is something I know you've. passionate about uh, that takes a certain amount of load five pound dumbbells is not gonna not gonna cut it so um, kettlebells is kind of my personal go-to that I use they take up a lot less space they look a little bit nicer um, they stand straight up and down and then in regards to what I can do with them it's pretty much only limited by my imagination
0: and they come in such beautiful colors and they,
1: man, they really do. <laughs> Pinks and purples and blues. It's, I love it. Oh,
0: my. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, a lot of people have gyms in their buildings or access to them. If someone was to use that, what would you suggest that they do when they first start?
1: Kind of going with the plan. That's going to be something that uh, can make it a little bit less intimidating. Like, see what equipment they have. Um,. Do a little research, see what exercises you might feel comfortable doing uh, with them, and then have, have an idea of what you're going to do when you walk in. Um, that can take some of the intimidation out of it. Say they have like typical kind of apartment gym or hotel gym, will have access to a few dumbbells and some type of cable machine. Some nice simple exercises that you can do with those. The basic squats uh, is a very common one. You can hold a dumbbell and do that.
0: Would someone like you be willing to come in and go through a circuit with someone just to make sure that they know how to use things properly?
1: Yeah, so that's something that a lot of gyms offer actually is um, you can get a a free personal uh, training session with somebody. So uh, I would definitely take advantage of that. Um, Just figure out how to use the equipment. Uh, Jump on a few other things, have somebody watch it with you. Um, but a lot of places will have that um, that option for you. And then, uh, of course, if somebody that I know has somebody that wants to start and just has a couple questions, I'm always willing to help. And hopefully, a lot of the people are as well.
0: You mentioned osteoporosis, and I know that there's some do's and don'ts. So, if someone has osteopenia and osteoporosis, they need to be cognizant of of, of some things. Do you want to say something about that?
1: Um, yeah, of course. So, just kind of like I mentioned earlier, you want to start as soon as possible. Um, the longer you wait, if you're at risk, um, the worse it's going to be. Um, but from what we know from the research um, that's finally been done in the last couple of decades, um, is that strength training can have a very positive effect. So, what was it? I believe 30 to 50% of females... Uh, are going to have a, um, a bone fracture some point in their life. Uh, so that's a lot. So once again, starting as soon as you can, not being afraid to get stronger and understanding that the stronger you get and then as you get into some appreciable loads, that's when the magic's going to happen um, as far as starting to uh, strengthen the bones, potentially adding some bone back uh, and at the very least minimizing the loss. Uh, going forward,
0: you don't only focus on the strength training, but I am very well aware of your focus on sleep and hydration uh, and nutrition. So, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about uh, the kinds of things that you always nag me about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many. Um, time for that? Do we have another extra, extra hour? Um. Uh, Of course. Yeah. So you can strength train, but if you're not supporting that, then uh, the benefits will not be maximized. So nobody lives in an optimal world. You just don't. But um, it's pretty simple as far as, you know, are you getting enough protein in your diet or are you getting some mixed fruits and vegetables? Um, And then, yeah, how do you sleep? Because you don't build muscle in the gym or while you're working out. It actually occurs while you're sleeping. Uh, And if you're somebody that's had poor sleep for most of their life, then that can be a huge uh, area of opportunity that um, you can work with somebody on. So uh, because punishing your body and then getting four or five hours sleep is just not going to go well together. There's going to be a loss of uh, progress, a lot of soreness, et cetera, uh, and motivation as well.
0: You're really great at giving me some small steps in terms of sleep so can you share that with the rest of the audience
1: the amount of um, changes that most people can process at a time is pretty small so even just having somebody uh just think about their sleep routine whatever that may be um just kind of realizing when you fall asleep when you go to bed Um, just breaking it down as far as what's one small thing that can make it better. Maybe not the biggest thing that would make the best change at the time, but you know, when it's food stuff, exercise stuff, sleep stuff, um, you just, you're just looking for the small wins. One thing that can progress you into a positive, uh, positive way. So yeah, whether it's turning the TV off 30 minutes sooner, watching your favorite shows, you know. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's something that I talk to you about pretty much is like, yes. did you have to watch that last episode when you felt your body was <laughs> sleepy. Because I've taught you to be aware of your uh, yes. when your body is saying, hey, I want to go to sleep now. Your circadian rhythm, uh, your biolo- biological clock will tell you if you listen to it, hey, now it's time to sleep. And then that's when we typically pushed one more episode. Because we're like, retired, but exactly. I can do one more. Well, at that point, you've no. blown past your, your, when your body wants to go to bed.
0: No, that was really actually a revelation. And you also talk about going to bed at the same time and earlier, right? That it's, it's counterintuitive, but I found your suggestion about going to bed earlier actually helps me to sleep longer.
1: Yes, yeah, so a big thing I run into is that um, a lot of people think, man, I wish I could sleep in. Um, but their biological clock may or may not be set up to sleep later. Most people can find some extra sleep on the front end of the night. So if you typically go to bed at 11, your body may want to actually go to bed at 9.30 or 10. Um, And if you can get a few more nights closer to when your body wants to go, uh, you can get that extra hour of sleep versus trying to add it at the end when your body's like, no, the sun's coming up. There's light. I'm pretty much ready to go now. so yeah, adding some sleep on the front end can oftentimes be beneficial.
0: You know, I really hate to admit that you're right, but you're right. Um, this has been great information, and I've even learned a little bit more than I, I already knew, so thank you for that. What did I not ask you that you think is important for our audience to know?
1: I just don't want people, and women in particular, to be afraid of uh, strength training, Um it is something that's very intimidating, especially in the atmospheres of uh, like a typical open gym, public gym, um, has, and uh, you know you don't have to always have to go to a gym, but just in general, don't be afraid to start that journey. It is something that uh, can be beneficial in an in infinite number of ways. Um, so whatever that step may be, whether it's just buying one dumbbell or kettlebell taking it at home and trying a few exercises whatever it may be but just start that journey as soon as you can Um, don't be intimidated something that I've really appreciated in my journey as a a fitness coach uh, is the positive effects that strength training can have on uh, women Uh, yeah it's very motivating so just if I had to say one thing don't be afraid of it start as soon as you can
0: Nathan Michaels, thank you so much for uh, sharing your knowledge today and for making strength training actually a lot of fun. I can say that for you Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you picked up some good tips about strength training today and that you're inspired to take action towards your health and fitness goals. As we heard from our guest, it's never too late to start to reap the benefits of a strength training program, and the sooner the better. Strength training can prevent muscle and bone loss, boost your metabolism, improve your balance and coordination, and simply make you feel stronger and more confident in your body. And before starting any program, talk with your doctor and make sure it's safe for you. Of course, when you do start, start slowly and gradually progress with increasing weight. Make sure to focus on your form to reduce injury, and if it hurts, listen to your body. Don't forget to support your training with good nutrition and ample sleep. I'd also like to put in a plug to alternate your strength training with cardiovascular exercise like brisk walking, running, or any activity that elevates your heart rate. The American Heart Association recommends that adults engage in at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic exercise per week or a combination of both. You can spread these exercises over the course of the week in sessions of at least 10 minutes at a time, so you certainly don't need to do it all at once. Again, check with your doctor before starting any kind of exercise program. I think you'll be amazed at the progress you can make with consistency, dedication, and a little bit of patience. We'd love to hear about your journey with exercise and any tips on what you do to stay motivated. So visit us at beyondthepapergown.com and comment in our community forum or follow us and comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok post. As always, thanks for listening and be well. Our podcast was produced by Patrick Shamayati and me and our associate producer is Kyla McMillian.